Friends, our scripture from today comes from the book of John, chapter 1, verses 43 through 51. It says this. The next day, and we'll talk about what was happening in the days before, but the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened up and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. My friends, this is the word of the Lord. If you will, bow your hearts with me as we pray. God, as we approach your scriptures, we pray that we too will come close to your spirit. We ask that, and particularly in the midst of all of the things that distract us, the worries, the to-do lists, the fears, the things that we are looking forward to, maybe even more than this. God, can you put those outside of our minds, outside of our beings, so that just for the remainder of our time, we might be wholly consumed by you. We pray, God, that you will show us a bit more of your face today than we knew of your face yesterday, and that we will be changed by your light, changed by your hope, changed by the good news that is never changing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have always had an affection for Nathaniel, over and above some of the other disciples of Jesus. I wouldn't say that he is my favorite of the disciples. My favorite is Thomas, just in case you were wondering. But Nathaniel takes an easy second place. He doesn't get a lot of airtime in the Gospels. Nathaniel is first mentioned here in our passage for today and then isn't mentioned again until after Jesus is resurrected. He gets a few other mentions when he goes by the name Bartholomew in the Synoptic Gospels and Matthew, Mark, and Luke, as well as in Acts, but still, Nathaniel's no Peter. He's not one of the better known of Jesus' good friends. Now, all the same, even though we don't know very much about Nathaniel by comparison to some of those other big names in the disciples, we know from the start that Nathaniel is different than the others. Our passage from scripture for today is part of a larger story about how Jesus starts his ministry. 
The larger story starts with John the Baptist, who upon seeing Jesus for the very first time, announces openly to the crowd that's standing near him that Jesus is, quote, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Scripture then says the next day, John announces it again. And this time, two of John's disciples peel off from John and start following Jesus. One of those guys is Andrew, who then goes to get his brother, Simon Peter, and Peter starts following Jesus too. Then the next day, Jesus decides to go to Galilee and he finds Philip, who also joins without comment or without incident. And so, so far, at the start of Jesus' ministry, it appears as though everyone is very happy to just drop everything they are doing and follow the stranger that they have never met. Until, until we meet Nathaniel. Scripture says that it's Philip who finds Nathaniel and says to him, We have found the one about whom Moses and the prophets wrote, Jesus from Nazareth. Which is really a very straightforward and cohesive summary of what all of the other new disciples had heard too. But even though he's hear, hearing nearly the very same thing that all of those other new disciples have just heard from John the Baptist and from one another, Nathaniel doesn't react the same way. Nathaniel reacts with some good, old-fashioned snark. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And we get this sense that perhaps Philip knew, because we all have that friend, right? Perhaps, Philip, maybe we are that friend, let's be honest. Philip knew that this was either Nathaniel's disposition or that it was his sense of humor because rather than coaxing him or bargaining with him or negotiating with him as though Nathaniel is speaking too seriously, as though Nathaniel's not going to come along, Philip just responds with a very easy and breezy, well, come and see. And sure enough, off together they go. And I will tell you that is 100% why Nathaniel is my second favorite disciple. Because when the other new disciples appear to be one-dimensional and they're following Jesus without comment or question, Nathaniel dares to show another side of himself. He dares to show more of himself. And perhaps he is showing not the most flattering side of himself. Even more so, when we consider how Jesus responds to seeing Nathanael as Nathanael approaches him, we see that Jesus isn't put out by Nathanael's authenticity. Far from it, he actually praises it. Jesus says, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit, which is better translated as, here is a person with no guile who has no ability to be duplicitous. Here's a person who calls it as he sees it, who doesn't put on airs. Put very simply, here's a person with no filter. And right on cue, Nathaniel responds without that filter, without any phrasing or nuance of polite society by saying simply, and how just do you know that? which is the Jessica translation of the Greek. 
which is when Jesus then responds about seeing him under the fig tree. And let's talk about this fig tree, okay? Because scholars don't have a very clear understanding of what Jesus is really saying when he makes this comment about seeing Nathaniel under the fig tree before Philip even talked to him. But the best guess from these scholars is that this fig tree line is a colloquialism for someone who studies the Torah, for someone who studies the law. Regardless, even if scholars today aren't really clear on what Jesus is saying here to Nathaniel about him being under the fig tree, what we do see is that Nathaniel understands Jesus perfectly because he replies with that same unregulated, uninhibited, unfiltered language that he started out with, saying, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. And again, rather than being put out by or put off by Nathaniel, we get this sense that Nathaniel's about face from being a questioning, snarky, skeptical guy to being a person who declares Jesus to be king. We get the sense that Nathaniel's about face makes Jesus laugh. You think that me seeing you under the fig tree is impressive? You're going to see so much more than that. And Jesus is speaking the truth. Because we know from the only other time that Nathaniel is mentioned in the book of John, that Nathaniel is one of the disciples for whom the resurrected Jesus cooks breakfast on the beach. Turns out that Jesus was telling Nathaniel the truth right here from the start. Turns out that Jesus has that same straightforward quality that Nathaniel has in saying what he means and meaning what he says. Being seen under the fig tree is really small potatoes when it's compared to being served a meal by a man whose death he had witnessed, who still had the scars in his hands. I've heard some preachers over the years give Nathaniel a bad rap for his impertinence or for his slight suspicion or for his skepticism or for not taking it seriously. After all, the other disciples didn't appear to have too much of a problem leaving their lives and following Jesus without comment. Why couldn't Nathaniel just step into line? But honestly, I don't think that's right. And I don't think that that is a fair depiction of the other disciples either. Because after all, when Andrew and that other disciple leave John the Baptist to follow Jesus, they followed him without speaking a word, which is really sort of creepy when you think about it. If any of you have ever had a toddler silently follow you into the restroom until that moment where you turn around, you know that you want people to let you know when they are following them. Am I right? So Jesus eventually turns around and sees them following him before he asks them and says, what do you want? To which they still don't really say anything of note. They don't ask a question. They don't express any curiosity. They just say to him, well, where are you staying? So see, my friends, like Nathaniel, those other disciples were testing the waters. Like Nathaniel, they were trying to figure out who Jesus was. They just did it differently. 
They didn't do it with Nathaniel's forthrightness and authenticity. They started their journey holding their masks into place until they were sure that they could put them down. Whereas Nathaniel started his journey of following Jesus without a mask in hand. Authentic to the face of Jesus Christ and my friends, rewarded for it. We're talking about Nathaniel today as part of our series on what it means to take off the masks that we wear, both in the face of one another and in the face of God. And I'll be honest, it can be really hard to know how to do that. After all, we all wear a different mask for different reasons. Some of us maintain masks to disguise our grief, our grief for loved ones lost, for dreams lost, for certainty lost. Some of us maintain masks to disguise our fears of failing health, of rapid change, of an unknown future. Some of us maintain masks because we were taught that it is polite to hold up a mask, that hiding our true selves will keep us from burdening other people or making things awkward. Some of us maintain masks because we had to in order to survive because revealing our true selves could put us in either physical or emotional danger. Many of us switch off between several masks each and every day. Sometimes we have wore those masks so faithfully that we aren't quite certain of who we are underneath them anymore. It can be hard to identify the masks that we wear but I think it's easier to identify the masks that we wear by tracing the consequences that they have in our lives. When we walk into our life with a mask on, we experience isolation, which might feel like it's protecting us maybe a bit, because if you're isolated, it's hard to criticize you, but it can also feel like loneliness. And when we walk into our life with a mask on, we can be so preoccupied with maintaining that mask on our face that we aren't paying attention to the actual living that we are doing in front of us. Anyone who has ever been to a masquerade party knows that maintaining the costume, the mask on your face or the feathers on your back, maintaining the costume is often half the night. And so it can be with our lives when we show up to our lives behind those masks. We can spend the time maintaining the mask rather than doing the actual living. Maintaining the mask interferes, my friends, with the actual living of life and life to the full. We all know stories about people who wish that they had done more actual living than maintaining, that they had been less preoccupied with work been less preoccupied with status, been less preoccupied with saving, been less preoccupied with cleaning the house and keeping everything perfect, and more preoccupied with the actual living and loving of the people around them. We all know those people, and maybe those people are us. So for those of us who struggle with the idea of the masks that we wear, let alone with the idea of how we could take them off, I think that there is good news in this story of Nathaniel for us today, and I think that this good news is this. Before Nathaniel ever spoke, 
Nathaniel was already known. Before Nathaniel said a word, he was already seen. Before Nathaniel could see, he was seen. Before Nathaniel's first snarky comments, he had already been considered, he had already been accepted, and he already belonged, which means that when Nathaniel questions Jesus with his forthright and unassuming tone, he is rewarded with Jesus' acceptance, with Jesus' laughter, and with Jesus' friendship. What is true for Nathaniel, my friends, is also true for us. That before we speak, before we say the right thing or the wrong thing, before we use our filter or don't, before we reveal our true intentions or misgivings, we too, you and me, are seen by Jesus. We too, you and me, are known. We too are accepted and belong before we ever do a thing. Which leads us to that simple question, my friends. If we are already known, if we are already loved, if we already belong, then why are we wasting our time with that mask? If we are already embraced by Jesus, if we are already known and welcomed by God, then who or what are we protecting ourselves from? Giving up the pretense that the mask hides us from anything or anyone frees us to show up fully into our lives, frees us from the nagging of our inner fears, and frees us from the fear of rejection of our outer critics. My friends, when we are seen before we do anything, we are free to live as we are called. There's this quote by Theodore Roosevelt. It's been made popular again recently by the work of Brene Brown, and the quote goes like this. It is not the critic who counts. It is not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat." Friends, it's really hard to live in the arena when our vision is impaired by the masks that we wear. For those of us who were taught by the church that Jesus would only accept us if we put on a mask of perfection or of innocence or of unquestioning faith, then Nathaniel stands as our witness today that that is just not true. We are seen for who we authentically are by Jesus, regardless of how we try and present ourselves. So my friends, why waste our energy on posing? 
The good news is that because we are known, because we belonged, before we had to prove a thing, we can show up in the arena of life without any fear, regardless of what that arena might hold. We can show up in that arena of life knowing that we do not stand alone, but that when the blood and the dust mar our faces, the living Christ is there to clean it off and get us going again. If we are not unfiltered like Nathaniel, or if we are, we are seen before we see. May we go out into the world being that good news. Amen.